I'm going to speak today about the cost of the anointing. It says in Matthew 13, verse 44, this is the Passion Translation, heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. A person discovered that there was hidden treasure in a field. Upon finding it, he hid it again. Because of uncovering such treasure, he was overjoyed and sold all that he possessed to buy the entire field just so he could have the treasure. Heaven's kingdom realm is also like a jewel merchant in search of rare pearls. When he discovered one very precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately gave up all he had in exchange for it. So heaven's kingdom realm, meaning everything that's in heaven, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no oppression in heaven, depression, anxiety, death. There's none of that in heaven. There's God's will in heaven. There's abundant life in heaven. There's healing and freedom in heaven. Abundance in every area. Amen. And God has called us to take dominion on this earth and bring heaven to this earth so that earth would look like heaven. Hallelujah. This is what God has called us to do. So heaven's kingdom realm means the things of heaven, means the power, the power of God that accesses the resources of heaven, that accesses the heavenly realm the power of God that heals and delivers. You, you cannot have the kingdom of heaven realm without the anointing. It is the anointing of God that brings healing and deliverance and abundant life because God has called us to walk in dominion on this earth. He's, he's, he's put power in us, given us authority and commanded us to have dominion, to walk in authority, to declare his will to be done, to command the demons to go. And the power that's within us, that's God himself, goes and makes the demons to go. As we walk in the authority, when we say be healed, the power of God moves through us and brings the healing. When we declare the bad things to go and heaven to come. That's the power of God moving through us. That's how it works. That's how it works in the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So this scripture speaks of heaven's kingdom realm is so precious. This is what the kingdom of God is like. The scripture here says that heaven's kingdom realm is like this. It is so precious. It is so valuable that this is what it's like. It's like when you discover it, it's the most precious thing in the world and it's worth it to give up everything. It's worth it to sell everything for just this one thing. That's how valuable the kingdom of heaven is. That's how valuable the anointing is. Amen. Hallelujah. And so first of all, God wants you to see, to have revelation of the value of the anointing, of how precious it is. It is the anointing that, that has caused, the anointing is the power of Jesus. It is Jesus himself. But he chooses to put that, to put himself, to put his power, to put his anointing in vessels and for us to walk in dominion. That's how he works. But it's Jesus himself doing every miracle. But it's specifically anointing. Amen. The miracles aren't coming down from heaven, from the sky. 
but they're coming with this order of God, of the anointing flowing through vessels. Amen? Amen. And so it is the anointing where this, where Maria says you were suicidal. You told God you wanted to go home. You're suicidal. It was on all of these medications. A torturous life in so many areas. But the anointing freed her from all of that. How precious, how valuable is this anointing? And the thing is, is that this anointing is for everybody. Everyone who can just simply come to Jesus. Come as you are. Not have it all together. Not be perfect. Not go through hoops. But you can literally be an atheist one day, have a horrible life. But if you're just willing, just open a little bit to Jesus. You've heard testimonies and you walk in the door right now here at Fivefold Church. You walk in the door and you come with a mustard seed of faith and you're open. This anointing's for you. And these same miracles that have happened to these believers who've been believers more than a day can happen to you too. This anointing is for the world, for whoever would just come to Jesus. And so this anointing is above all of the world system ways of fixing things, of fixing illnesses and oppressions. It's higher above it all. And all of the world system things, they cannot get rid of demonic oppression. They cannot usually get rid of sickness, but they're just covering up and trying to cope with it. But it's only the anointing that actually removes the issue, the lifetime issue and problem and struggle. It is only the anointing that destroys the yoke. That's the meaning of it. All of these issues in life, they are yokes that you're just stuck with and you're trying to cope with in the world system. But only the, the anointing destroys it. And Jesus has come to destroy the works of the devil. The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. But I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so Jesus has come to save us from our sins, to wipe away our sins, to make a way for us to have eternal life and not go to hell, to have relationship, the most amazing relationship in the world with God himself and to give us abundant life. Complete healing, complete deliverance, and out of the deficit and into the abundance. Like these testimonies we heard, a couple of the ladies here says, I wake up just full of joy. How rare is that in the world today? But this is possible, and this is what God wants for every single person on this earth. All of his children. Hallelujah. This anointing is so precious and valuable. And it's important that we see it for what it is. Because it is so valuable. Because it is so valuable. There's a cost to it. Most people do not actually value the anointing. There's a difference between seeing the value... I want that and actually valuing it. So in order for you to even, before I even teach you about the cost, about the cost that you have to pay 
the price you have to pay to receive the anointing, you need to first want to pay the cost. You need to first understand the value of the anointing and know that it's worth it and actually value it. Because otherwise it's like in the world's way, in the world, uh, you know, let's say, um, to have success, to have a, a job and, or a business that's prosperous and to be able to pay for yourself, have an own apartment and pay for your bills and not live with mom and dad anymore and then have a family and be able to provide for them and leave your children something. In order to have that, you have to value that, that goal, that thing of six, if you want to call it success, I'm speaking in the world's way. There's some people who they want that, they see the value in it, but they don't value it themselves. They, they'd rather just be lazy, stay at home with mom and dad and never work hard at anything, right? Um, it says in Proverbs 13, verse four, lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. So that's how, it, in the same way, this is how it is with the anointing. There's so many people who are like, yeah, I want that, but they want it easily. They want it the easy way and there's no easy way. You can't get it an easy way. There's only one way and that's, there's a cost. You have, there's a price you have to pay. That's it. That's the only way you can receive it. So it's very important for you to first realize the value in this anointing for you to be able, for you to even be able to actually go through with it. Otherwise you'll get up, you'll give up easily. You'll be like, oh, this sounds exciting. This sounds good. And you'll give up when it comes time to pay the price. It's the most valuable and precious thing in the world to, first of all, when I'm talking about receiving the anointing that there's a cost, I'm talking about two different things. I'm talking about number one, to receive the anointing for your own self in your own life, in your own life just specifically just for your good, to receive the anointing to be healed, to receive the anointing to be delivered, to receive the anointing continually, releasing abundant life in your life, to be prosperous in life in every area. This is what God wants. There's a price. Yeah, I mean, there's not much of a price. One day you show up and get the deliverance, but there's a price to maintain your deliverance. And that means to... The price is to be serious and surrender to God and to be serious about keeping doors shut to the devil, to be a serious warrior, go in the spirit and to lose your lukewarm Christian life where you don't have to do much, but you actually have to go in the spirit. Now you actually have to confront the devil, resist him rather than just living life in the world and just showing up to church once in a while and opening your Bible once in a while. So there is a cost to continually receiving the anointing because you can get a demon cast out of you real fast, but to maintain your deliverance is something different and to walk in abundant life is something different. The cost is also um, to give up the, the applause and the, uh, the approval of people because if you want to continually receive that anointing in your life, the devil is so mad. He does not want you to have that anointing. It glorifies God too much. 
He doesn't want your testimony getting out. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy from everybody. So he's not happy that he can't do that from you anymore. So he will now go to war with you when he wasn't going to war with you before. And he will try very hard to pull you from your place of receiving the anointing. So there's a price you have to pay in terms of like, it's a difference between being a civilian and chilling here at home and put, strap, strapping on your boots, putting on your armor, going to boot camp and going into war. Lazy option, <laughs> a comfortable option. And then sacrifice is the other one. Sacrifice, hard work, seriousness, warrior life is the other one. So there's, there is a cost to even just receiving the anointing. It's not like you just show up to church and the anointing just comes upon you. There's a price you're actually paying to stay, to stay in where the anointing is and to, to, to continually receive that over your life. But then number two, uh, the cost of the anointing is also speaking of to receive impartation of anointing or however God wants to release the anointing. Usually it comes through impartation, but there are times in the Bible we see Moses... Um, we see Moses, for example, we see Elijah, we see the anointing coming straight from God, the, uh, not through another vessel, but that's, way, that's much more rare. The main way and the big way that God is doing it in this move, in this revival, the way that he's releasing his anointing in you for you to walk in his power is through impartation. As we see from Elijah to Elisha, as we see from Paul to Timothy. Amen. So yeah, so number two, there is a, there is a, there's a higher cost. There's a higher cost to receive the impartation of anointing in your life for you to be a powerful vessel of God, for you to cast out demons, for you to heal the sick and walk in God's power. Amen. So today I'm going to start to teach on this, of what this cost is. And um, this is just part of the cost because I cannot share the whole cost with you in uh, 45 minutes or so. But this is part one I'm going to share with you today. The first thing you need to know about the cost. Hallelujah. So you first, um, you need to see the value and you need to take it seriously. Uh, the fact that the anointing that you are paying a price for, it's, it's, it shouldn't be that you have a choice. God gives you free will, but so many people today see it as a choice. Like, eh, I want to go to the lukewarm church instead. This is too much. This is too much warfare, maybe. Or so many people are speaking to me against the anointing, that it's too tiring that I don't think I want to go there anymore. This is what happens for a lot of people. They'll be curious, they'll be excited about revival, they'll be, exci they'll be excited to hear about God moving in power and they'll come. And then the devil will is so angry that they're there that they'll usually send people to speak in their ear and to just make life more uh, chaotic in that area where before it was chill. No one had a problem with me going to church before, and now people are having problems with going to church now, and it's just like, it's, it's drama. People don't want the drama, but they don't understand it's the devil's drama. 
So they're like, I don't want the drama. It's the devil's drama. If you don't want the devil's drama, you're saying yes to a lukewarm life and you're saying no to God. Because the devil brings drama. You don't have to engage with that drama. You're supposed to keep your eyes on Jesus, reject the devil and be a warrior. Not get caught up with it and oh, woe is me and this life is awful here. And get in the drama, but ignore the devil and his drama. But a lot of people, they don't see in the spiritual realm like that. They, they get too lazy when, when the devil tries to come and attack, when they're actually where God's power is. And they're like, ah, I don't want that drama anymore. I don't want people inboxing me, messaging me about it anymore. And they just go back to their comfortable Christian life with no power of God. But I'm telling you that it, it, it's, we have a choice from God, but we shouldn't view it as a choice that we have. The Bible says, um, Matthew 7, verse 13, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. The road is actually narrow. That's powerful. Part of what makes it so narrow is that God's anointing isn't optional. It feels like it is because it's so rare today. So it, 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 many people don't see the seriousness of it. But when we look in the word of God, it says that these signs shall follow all those who believe. They will heal the sick. They will cast out demons. When we look at the Acts church, we see the, the miracles happening constantly. Everyone who was coming to the church, they were, they were being healed and all demons were going. When we look in the word of God, we can see this is really God's will for, for his church to have his power to heal and deliver people. It's not good enough for just to, to, to see someone recite and say, pray after me, Jesus is Lord. That's not good enough in God's eyes. The church needs to carry God's power and demonstrate the power of God so God can move through the vessel and touch the people and the eyes can open up to God's love and a real salvation can happen. And, and, and God is not okay with his children staying in bondage and being sick. He's not okay with that. And it feels like that because it seems to be rare today, but it, the truth is it's not okay with God. It's God's will, like God wants to heal and deliver all of his people, but he chooses to use vessels. And so if the vessels aren't saying yes, then he can't do it because this is his way. He doesn't go against his word. And so it's not okay anymore. Like now that revival's here, now that our eyes have opened, it's not okay anymore. It's not okay anymore for, for the people to not be healed and delivered and God's power to move. It's not okay anymore. And so we need to see that this is God's way. This is the narrow way. The acceptance of his anointing in the church, moving through vessels, the necessity of healing and deliverance, the necessity, the must of it. Yeah. 
So as your eyes are opening up to see the value of the anointing, you need to remember it's not just about your, your church choice, but it's obeying God or disobeying God, pleasing God or displeasing God. Amen. It's serious. So we need to start taking this serious, first of all, okay? We need to, 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 to be able to pay the price for the anointing. You need to make sure you're actually valuing the anointing. So renew your mind to this truth that God wants you to pay the price for the anointing, and it's not optional. God gives us free will, but it means you're not choosing the narrow road. So we got to remind ourselves of this. This is serious. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so now I want to share with you the first part of the cost of the anointing. There are many perceptions of what the cost of the anointing is. And many perceptions of the cost are that it's religious prayer and religious fasting is what makes the anointing to come. I think that's probably the biggest perception of what the cost is of the anointing. I even have people sometimes message me many times, how often do you fast to cast out that many demons? Because in their mind, they think that the religious fasting equals more anointing. The Bible says, um, Romans 10, 2, this is the amplified version. I testify about them that they have a certain enthusiasm for God but not in accordance with correct and vital knowledge about him and his purposes. The Passion Translation says, for I know that although they are deeply devoted to God, they are unenlightened. So the, the meaning of this is they, they mean well, but they are missing so much revelation of what the word of God really is saying. So, so many, the, the, the meaning of this is they, they are so into their works, they're so into their religious activities, and they're, enthusi they're enthusiastic, but it's a waste of time. God's not telling them to do these religious activities. So, the first part of the, the cost is not the usual thought of that it's the religious activities, but it's actually an issue of the heart. Not what you do, the works, but your heart. So this is, I'm gonna share with you the biggest, I would say the biggest cost of the anointing. There are, there are three I'm going to share with you three biggest parts of the, the cost to the anointing. And that's surrender, obedience, and humility. Surrender to God, complete surrender, and obedience and humility. But I'm going to tell you what, what is above them all. The most important thing, the first thing I'm going to teach you is humility. Humility. The Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty five, 25, 
when the, de- when the disciples came back from first casting out demons, Jesus says, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Another translation, the Passion Translation, it says, I I praise you, Father, for hiding the revelation of your authority to those who are proud, the revelation of your authority from those who are proud, and you've only revealed it to those who have become like a child. So this is when they first came out from, came back from casting out demons. So if the Bible is like a treasure hunt to find out what's the secret of receiving the anointing. This would be the jackpot scripture. This would be the treasure. It sums it up all here. It explains it all here. This is the secret. Jesus says, I praise you, Father, that you've hidden the revelation. The revelation of how to receive the anointing and walk in the authority properly that makes demons to go. You've hidden these things from those who are proud. And you've only revealed it to those who are like a child. And when he's speaking this, he's speaking about humility. Childlike, I don't know it all. I have so much to learn. God, teach me and teach me however you want. I'm open, ready to learn. Who am I that God would choose me to carry anointing? Who am I? I'm so little. You're so big. Who am I? Childlike humility. That's what that is speaking of. That's what Jesus is speaking of there. So this scripture is teaching us that God literally hides revelation, secrets, mysteries from those who are proud, from those who know it all, from those who think they are wise and clever spiritually. And he only reveals it to the humble and childlike, only. God will never reveal it to the proud. And so this is the thing, we have the word of God The word of God has all the answers, all the answers, but not the word of God alone. The word of God with the Holy Spirit breathing on it and coming alive and God speaking to you through the word. Amen? Otherwise, if it was just the Bible without Holy Spirit, giving the proper revelation of what the word of God is saying, then that means that every single church, true church that believes that the word of God is God himself and it's everything, amen, that every church that believes in the word of God and follows the word of God, all the scriptures, every church would have the anointing. I 
I think every Christian church that's a true Christian church that professes that Jesus is Lord and our Savior, they all have the Bible and they all read from the Bible every Sunday. And they all believe really in the Bible. I think if I'm speaking on behalf of most churches, I don't know them all, but you know, in general, why aren't they getting the results? They have the Bible. Why? Have you ever asked yourself that? They don't have the revelation. God did not give them the revelation. We need the revelation from the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus is talking about. You've hidden revelation. You've hidden the revelation from those who are proud and only revealed it to the humble. This is what Jesus is talking about. And so the reason why I said humility is the most important of all things is humility because there's plenty of Christians out there who are 100% sure that they are surrendered. There are plenty of Christians out there who are 100% sure, not even 90% sure that they are obeying God every single second. But there are a lot of Christians out there who are not humble. So when you are not humble, you open yourself up to the angel of light. When you are not humble, you open yourself up to that same religious spirit that the Pharisees had. The Pharisees were convinced that they were hearing from God. They were convinced that Jesus was in the wrong. And they were, I mean, they were so convinced they would have been hearing what they thought was from God to make them so adamant and confident. But what they were doing was they were taking the religious revelation that the devil was feeding them and that they weren't getting from God because God would not reveal it to them. He was hiding it from them because they were proud. So they're reading all of the, the, the Bible with religious revelation. And so it's the same Bible, but one verse means two different things to do two different people, one with pride and one with humility. And the one with humility is the truth. And the other one is the opposite. And it's not the truth. That's the simple explanation of what happened to Jesus when he was condemned, when he was, when he was tortured and crucified. It was because the, the, that the Pharisees were convinced that they were hearing God in the word of God, but they were hearing the religious revelation. All the accusations they had about Jesus, it was always the word of God. He's not doing this that the word of God says. He's doing this that the word of God says we shouldn't do. Every time, that's what it was. And here's a couple examples of it. Um, the, the, the scripture in the, in the word of God where it speaks about how women uh, should be silent in the churches. That, that Paul is speaking. So really the context of the situation, because when you read the word of God, you need to have context and you need to also hear from the Holy Spirit. And so the context of the situation is that women in those times, the woman in that culture and the woman in that church, the way they were being is disruptive, loud, out of order. So it would be like as if they, as if the word of God's going forth and they're being disruptive. And so they are blocking people from receiving from God. 
So Paul was saying prophetically for the people in this church for this time in that year, in that day, women be silent. Ask your husbands at home if you have questions. Don't be bringing up stuff and questions and disrupting in the church service, for example. Because that's what they were doing. He was correcting them because of how they were misbehaving and trying to stop the word of God from going forth. So Paul was definitely not speaking that to every single church in all of the future, but just to that church at that time. And it says in the word of God that, he's, that God is going to be pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. He also says that they, that they will prophesy. Men and women will prophesy. Hallelujah. And the word of God also says there are no slave or free. There are no man or female. There's not, in the spiritual realm, there's not man or female. Meaning God can use a man or female just the same because it's a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing being used by God. We're just vessels. So it, there's not a girl version Holy Spirit or a guy version Holy Spirit. We're just vessels. There's not some blending that happens. It's we're like, a, we're just a pure vessel. Like when demons are cast out here, it's not Catherine and God together, like doing, casting out the demon. I am a vessel. I'm walking in dominion, but it's hundred percent the power of God, not the power of God mixed with girly, womanly Catherine powers or something. <laughs> but it's just a vessel, vessel but it's God doing everything. That's why God gets all the glory and I don't get half the glory or 20% of the glory. And, and Jesus chose the, the first ever evangelist and one to declare the gospel to be a woman. It was a woman who saw Jesus rose from the, from the grave. In the New Testament, we also see a, a woman who is a teacher. We also see prophetesses in the New Testament. And from the Old Testament to New Testament, we see women in places of leadership, judges, for example. So anyways, to this day, there is so much religious revelation of this scripture. And so there's a lot of Christians who, who are so confident women should not preach or pastor. This is the word of God but it's not truth. The, the truth from the Holy Spirit is that women should preach, pastor, be apostles, be in places of leadership in the fivefold ministry. That, that's the real revelation. So this is religious revelation that's completely wrong, but the word of God, and they're, they're believing it's the word of God versus the truth of what the word of God is saying, of what Holy Spirit's really meaning by the word of God. And so also another example is the Pharisees, they were um, saying, Jesus is not keeping the Sabbath. He's healing someone on the Sabbath. He's not keeping the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a day of complete rest. But Jesus was actually walking in the true revelation of the Sabbath. Sabbath, the meaning of Sabbath is resting in God so that Everything that we do, as I'm preaching right now, I am resting. And I know God's working through me. I have that faith. I don't come here nervous like, well, I remember everything. And oh, I, hope, I hope I do okay. I hope I sound okay. But I come here rested and at peace. because I'm in the Sabbath. 
as I know and I stand confident that God is doing the work through me. And so we're supposed to live our days always in the Sabbath, always in constant rest. That's the real revelation of keeping the Sabbath. Stay in rest in God. That's the real revelation. And so Jesus was not going against the word of God. He was actually walking in what the word of God says and the Pharisees were not. But yet the Pharisee says he's going against the word of God. Okay, so these are just two examples. But we could do this for basically every scripture in the Bible. So many Christians today having the wrong religious revelation because of pride. So this is why I say humility is the most important because it's when you have the humility, this is what makes your eyes to be able to be opened up and you to see in the spiritual realm and for you to discern and for you to really hear God's voice, whether it's in your spirit whether it's as you're reading the word of God and you get his true revelation, whether it's through a vessel. Like you hear the word of God today and you say, yes, that is God speaking. Like speaking through me, for example. You can say, yes, that is God speaking. Oh. Because you've humbled yourself and your spiritual eyes have opened up so you can see in the spirit. The same principle with, uh, that I mentioned with, the, with how to receive the anointing. They can see in the spirit so they know how the spiritual realm works. They know how authority works. They know what, what will make the demons obey and what won't. They see in the spirit. They understand the spiritual realm because their eyes have opened up because of humility. God has opened their eyes and then given them the revelation. So there's many of, many of you come here and you come here humbly and you hear the word of God. You're hearing a revelation even you never you're really heard before and you're like whoa god spoke to me and you know it because your eyes are opened up and you can see in the spirit i don't mean see like a vision i mean you there's this knowing you can see in the spiritual realm in the spirit and now you you have received the true word of god and you will be transformed by this word of god and you will grow from there and even reading the word of god because you've received that true word of god coming to you today you read the word of god and now it's opening up to you more and more and even now in your in the still small voice you're hearing god speak to you throughout your days all can, all that can come from humbling yourself and receiving the word of god through a vessel but there are other people who come here some of you may be here today love you but there's some of you who might have come here today, not humble, but come skeptical and coming. I've heard strange things. I'm going to be listening carefully to every word that said, is that you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I love you. I love you and I welcome you. And all of you I love you and welcome you. <laughs> but if you're coming like wait, does that does that line up with scripture? Does that match up? If you come in that way, that's not humility. But remember I told you that the having the humble heart is what opens your eyes. So if you have a humble heart, but don't come critical and skeptical, 
your eyes are open to see if things are wrong. You're not coming with judgment. You're just seen in the spirit. The same way I can be like this demon in you. Da, 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 I see. I, but I'm not coming skeptical. Like, is there a demon in he, some around? But I'm just coming with a pure heart, you know, humble heart. Oh, I see a demon there. You need to go. You know, you see, you're, you're seen. So to be skeptical and critical is not, is not how to see in the spiritual realm. It actually is what blinds you. That's what, the, what happened with the Pharisees. You know, the Pharisees, they were even, they would go to Jesus looking. How can we see him doing something else wrong? Because we found one thing he's doing wrong. I really want to make sure I'm right about this. And I really want to make sure if he is a false prophet, we got to take this seriously, you know? So that just puts you in a trap of keeping your eyes shut. But if you can come with a pure heart, understanding that there is false out there, understanding that there is deception out there, but you come with a pure, humble heart, childlike, not critical and skeptical, you'll be able to see straight away, this isn't God. This isn't true. But you're really seen. Amen. So this, this is, you know, the world's way thinks that the way to be wise and to never be taken advantage of or something like that is to be skeptical. That's the world's way. Think um, not the good of everyone, but be skeptical. But that's not how it is in the kingdom of God. The, the real way of wisdom is to be childlike and humble because that's how your eyes will open up. So this is why I say humility is the most important because if you humble yourself, then you'll actually be able to hear God's voice telling you do this, do this, do this. Rather than, yes, I'm surrendered to God and I'm, and I'm gonna do this religious work and this religious work because God's telling me to do this. And you're not hearing from God, but that person's convinced that they're surrendered and obedient to God. Just like the scripture that says, um, Romans 10, 2, for I know that although they are deeply devoted to God, they are unenlightened. I testify about them, Amplified Version, that they have a certain enthusiasm for God, but not in accordance with correct and vital knowledge about him. So when you do not have humility, this is what happens. You're opening a door for the angel of light to speak to you. Angel of light is when the, the, the Bible says the devil comes masquerade as an angel of light. So the devil, I speak on this a couple of weeks ago, how the devil can come, he'll come at Christians knowing that he won't get you if you, if he says drink and do drugs when drugs and alcohol don't have you anymore, you know, and you haven't taste for that anymore. So he tries instead to try to keep you from the anointing of God, try to keep you from the truth, try to keep you from true revelation from the Holy Spirit try to keep you from being a powerful vessel of God. So he does this by speaking in this religious voice, giving you, feeding you religious revelations from the word of God. So you're opening the door for the angel of light when you don't have humility. Um, you're opening the door to be a religious know-it-all. You're opening the door um, to be going by your feelings as well and judging. Like for example, I've seen this happen to me. I've seen this happen to other servants of God. I've seen like someone be like, say to somebody like, 
this person is false. And then another person will be like, I just knew it. I got a weird feeling when I watched them. I don't, their voice is really annoying. I don't, I've had people say to me, their facial expressions are weird. I don't like the facial expressions. <laughs> And I've seen, I mean, I've seen that happen to me. I look at comments and stuff. I've seen like how people are and not just me, but other people, but people are led by their feelings and they're thinking that, that their feelings are discernment, but it's really just their flesh. It's really, it's too, it's for on one side, it's jealousy because if you're jealousy, jealous, really jealous of someone, you actually start to dislike them. And so like, that means every part of them, like certain parts of them bother you, <laughs> how they speak, how they look, it gets to gets under your skin when there's hate, which comes from jealousy, right? Um, so that's, that's a big one or just, or the person might just not be transformed into the image of God yet where you're not seeing with God's eyes. Like when you see with God's eyes, you stop looking at the physical, by the way. Yeah, because the physical is fading. This is just our, this is nothing. I mean, hallelujah, we're all beautiful. God made us beautiful with intention, but this is just our tent on earth. We're, this is a vapor of time we're here. We're having a heavenly body in heaven and that's where we are for eternity. But the real you, the real you is your heart. The real you is all the inside, it's all in the spiritual realm. So really the more the spiritual you become, and this is how it should be for, um, for spouses too, we shouldn't be looking for the looks. I gotta make sure there's chemistry. Uh-uh. When you're really spiritual, when you're really spiritual, you don't think anybody's ugly. When you're really spiritual and you and you and and someone has a really beautiful, godly heart, every part of them is beautiful. Their hands are beautiful. Because that's the real person. So everything else has to come in alignment with who the who their real self is. Amen. Um, okay, so the, I, I want to share with you when you don't have humility, this is what opens the doors for you to be so misguided. Um, and uh, this last part I want to share with you is that it, you're opening the door to hear what you want to hear. Second Timothy, Second Timothy four, verse three, for the time is coming when they will no longer listen and respond to the healing words of truth because they will become selfish and proud. They will seek out teachers with soothing words that line up with their desires, saying just what they want to hear. So this is what happens is you, when you don't have humility, Maybe you're finding, uh, it, this is too much of a battle, spiritual battle to be where the anointing is. And you start wanting to go back to your lukewarm ways, lukewarm church. And that starts to be your desire. And so now you're, you're wanting this, but you're wanting to be in God's will. So you're trying to find other things to back up what you want. So you start listening, devil starts sending you people to speak to you things that will back up what you're feeling, what your desires are. This is what you open up your eyes to, this is what you open up the door to when you don't have humility, is listening to the, what makes your ears itch. 
If you start to have a certain religious revelation about something, and so now you're, trying, you're, you're thinking maybe this is false, for example, or I don't understand this, why did this happen? And you start to be in this place and it's religious revelation. Then devil will literally send you people and you'll probably not be in, walking in wisdom and, and, and having the right people close to you. And they'll start speaking the same religious revelation to you. And you'll just be blinded and have no clue because of the pride. So this is why it's a really big deal to make sure that we are humble. Um, now, also, you know, the religious, the religious interpretations, people that have religious interpretations of scripture, religious revelation, the wrong revelation, they don't have the fruits. It's, it's the ones critiquing deliverance. You should do deliverance this way instead. You should pray this for this person this way instead. They're the people that don't have fruits. <laughs> Many of them have never casted out demons, but they're professionals. <laughs> but when you're really following the Holy Spirit with this, with this revelation from the Holy Spirit, you have fruits. So tell me, why do people, why do some of you here maybe even, listen to people without fruits? for advice. Why are you listening to people without fruits? They have no, they should not be giving you any kind of spiritual advice if they do not have fruits. I'm talking about character fruits and I'm talking about the miracles, the fruits of ministry, healing, deliverance, testament, people's lives have been changed. You should not listen to anybody who does not have fruits. If you want to know advice, advice about a ministry, advice about a minister, advice about is this a work of God or not, for example, is this, um, uh, this uh, doctrine, this teaching, is this right? Is this wrong? If you're really trying to get advice on this, the only person you should be asking is someone who carries real fruits. And they better be carrying just as much fruits, if not more, as the person that you're critiquing and wanting advice on, or ministry you're wanting advice on, or teaching you're wanting advice on. Like, let's after Jesus was crucified and resurrected, now we have the apostles, right? If people, random people in that day, if they really wanted to know, like, was Jesus real? Was he really the Messiah? And was, or was he a false prophet? And if they really want to know, if, should they ask the Pharisees of that time? Should they ask regular average Joes of that time who don't really know either way, just, you know, neutral? Or should they ask the apostles and the disciples of that time? They should ask those only because these people are carrying fruits. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So some people are being so misguided because they're asking people that have no fruits and they have religious revelation. So pl please do not ask people advice, spiritual advice, if they do not have fruits. You do not want the devil speaking to you, this Pharisee nonsense. It's going to lead you astray. Um, and, and Romans 12, 3, it says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, 
do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed each of you. Now, many people have insecurities that they shouldn't be having. Many Christians have insecurities that you shouldn't be having. You should be confident and secure in your identity in Christ, that you are royalty of God. You are his prince and princesses that you are whole, that you are the righteousness of God, that you are pure, that you are loved by him, that there's nothing wrong with you. You've been made perfectly. I don't care what the voices in your head say, how people speak to you. You've been made perfectly, wonderfully and fearfully made by God. You're beautiful and God wants to use you. You are whole. This is, you should have security in yourself in that area. You should have confidence. You should think of yourself well in that area. But what happens is most Christians, they don't, they're not having the confidence in their identity. They're not having confidence in the right area and they have confidence in the wrong areas. They're struggling with insecurities themselves, but when it comes to the things of God, I know everything. I've read the Bible front and back three times. I've been to Bible school. I've been to church all my life. I've taught Bible studies. I was appointed leader in my church. So many Christians, unfortunately, do not see themselves rightly in this area. The word of God says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed each of you. I'm sorry, Miss Know-It-All, Mr. Know-It-All, but do you have the signs that follow those who believe? Are you casting out demons? Are you healing the sick? the word of God is very clear. It says all those who believe these signs shall follow, not just the super elite, all those who believe. It was not optional to be a Christian and not walk in the power of God in the real Acts church. So why are we so prideful church? That's really bad. I mean, you know what I think what humbles me and what I think should humble the whole body of Christ is to look at this, the scripture about Peter casting out demons by the shadow of his anointing. And it says that they brought all the sick and demon possessed under his shadow, in his proximity. And it says that as his, his shadow, the sun, you know, would come upon him and as the shadow, so it's the presence, his, his presence with God in him touched people with demons, the demons left, the sick were healed. And the Bible even says all were healed. Shouldn't that humble us? Shouldn't that humble every pastor, church leader? Shouldn't it? Because the Bible said nothing about like, Peter is the super apostle and no one will ever do what he did. Jesus says, you will do the things I did in greater to all of us, not just them. 
And so this should really humble us if we are not looking like the Acts Church as a vessel of God, especially as a minister. Why are we seeing ourselves so highly? Why do we have the perfect revelation? Why? How is that a thing? Why are we seeing ourselves in that way? This should be common sense, I feel. I guess it's not because it's been so long since the anointing's been uh, not rare. But the word of God is what's true, not Christian culture today. So, man, we need to see ourselves rightly in this spiritual area and realize that revelation only comes from God. If you are not humble enough, he will not give you revelation, period. Sorry. And so the truth of the matter, body of Christ, whole body of Christ, there's a lot of revelation many need to receive and have not received. Why are people not casting out demons? They have not been given the revelation of how to receive the anointing and walk in the authority that Jesus talked about to the disciples. Why are we not seeing the power of God in the church by and large? They have not received the revelation. So th this, this is a convicting word for y'all right now. And uh, whoever's watching, welcome everybody online. I forgot to say hi to everybody. I love you all. Love you all so much. I love you all. This is a convicting word. This is a convicting word. If you are seeing somebody, a vessel of God, a minister who has fruits, you should never think you know better than them. If you, you yourself are not having the same fruits. But, but, this, is the, but this is the importance of starting out humble. Because when you start out humble, when you humble yourself, and then you, when you're humble, you will be led by God to go to a church and be planted there. But you will be led by God, you will be hearing God go here. And if you are humble, you will be able to see this is God. You will be able to discern the fruits in the heart and the character and the works. It will not be ambiguous. If you humble yourself, God will lead you perfectly. He will speak to you perfectly. He doesn't want you deceived. But you will be deceived if you don't humble yourself. But if you humble yourself, you will not be deceived. You will hear God's voice saying, go or leave. This is false or this is true. And when you humble yourself, this is where you can even receive from God. And part of him trying to speak to you that this is me, this is me, he's saying. This is my work. This is my servant. Is by you experiencing the power of God yourself by you being healed, by you being delivered. This is a big way you should discern. If you're coming to a church and you're, and you're being humble and you're not being transformed, you should leave. If you need deliverance and you're humble and you're coming to a church and you're not being free, as long as you're humble and surrendered, then you should leave. That's God speaking. There's not fruits here. Right? But when you, when you are humble and you see God in a vessel, you see God in a ministry, you, you are experiencing and tasting the fruits yourself. You are being healed and delivered, being brought closer to God, having a fire in your spirit. 
being more spiritual and less carnal? You are tasting the fruits yourself. That is God speaking to you. This is me. When the naysayers come and the critics come and the Pharisees come to your ear, it should be easy for you to discern. Ha ha, this is a Pharisee because I know what I've tasted. This for sure is God. You can't tell me nothing. I've tasted, I've seen, I know that I know that I know this is Jesus like I've never known him before. It's not complicated, it's simple, but religion makes it complicated. It's supposed to be this easy. You humble yourself, God speaks to you, go here, like go to this church, for example, and then you experience and encounter God there, and your life is changed, and that's that. You know it's God, you're there, you're planted, you're growing, you're prosperous, you're receiving anointing, you're walking in the power of God. It's supposed to be as simple as that. Be like a child, simple, not skeptical. Why did they say that? Why did they say that? Why did they say that? Why did that person say that? Am I being deceived? <laughs> Children don't think, am I being deceived? It's simple. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, okay, so. You need to humble yourself to servants of God that God has led you to. Humble yourself and realize this vessel of God has received revelation I have not. I need that revelation. Not, I don't understand that. I've never heard of that before. But what about this scripture? Questioning, questioning, questioning. Humble yourself to the simple truth. They've received revelation of God that you haven't. And God's brought you there to receive this revelation from them. But you can only receive the revelation from them if you will humble yourself and say, yes, I receive. Amen. I've never heard that before, but I've never seen fruits like this before. I receive. Amen. I remember when I first came, when I first encountered the power of God and I first started hearing and I mean, this was from different places. This wasn't just one place at first. This was before I met my spiritual father, before I received the prophecy over my life. But my eyes opened up to the fact that God moves in power, the anointing, I didn't know it existed till then. And I started learning about anointing. I started learning about the fivefold ministry. I started seeing demons be cast out. I started learning about walking in authority, the power of your words. I started learning these things. And when I was hearing these teachings, I've never heard teachings like this before. I've never heard about dominion, that we have dominion on this earth. I've been to church my whole life. But I never heard about dominion, even though it was right in the word of God, very simply, clear. I never heard about walking in authority. I never heard about the power of your words. I never heard about anointing. Never heard about that. But when I was hearing this word of God because I had come with a pure, humble heart, I was like, this is truth. Just like I was sharing with you before, that when you're humble, you hear the word of God, even for the first time, a new revelation. And you're like, aha. Yes, this is food that I long for. My spirit's being fed. This is truth. I remember when I first heard this, I was so confused. I was like, how come nobody else knows this? How come all the big churches, I don't know this. All the big preachers I've been listening to, how come they don't know this? I was confused, but it's just how it is. It's just how it is. Just, don't need to say more. It's just how it is. So anyways, 
I received this truth and I knew that it was truth. And I all of a sudden knew, even though this is new, I don't need to like hear it from five other people and talk to my friends about it. What do you think about this? Does this match up with scripture? And da, 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 da. If God has revealed to you that this is a true minister of God, this is a true ministry of God, be humble and a childlike and receive. Do not question, 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 question. Once God has revealed to you, that's why you need to make sure you come humble and make sure you know that this is a true vessel of God. Now you can become a disciple. Yeah. Hallelujah. Luke 6, 39. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. A disciple is not above his teacher. So you should have the heart of a disciple, a heart of a student, a heart of there's stuff I need to learn spiritually. There's stuff I'm seeing, I'm seeing anointing I've never seen before. And so that means there's fresh revelation that's to be learned and I'm here to learn it. The funny thing about today, about today's time, is that many Christians, they have issues in their life. They have bondages oppressions, spiritual matters that, are, that have not been taken care of in the churches they've been going to. So they come where the anointing is. And what, the anoint, what God is doing is he's bringing something new. Jesus came and he brought something new. New wineskin. Out with the old and in with the new. And he brought this new way that was bringing actual solutions and healing and deliverance and life where those things were not happening before with the old ways. So people, they, 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 they are not, many times they're not open to new revelations. They're not open to the new wineskin. They wanna stay in the old wineskin, but have the new thing. So they, they come and they're excited. I wanna receive the anointing. And then here, God releases this revelation, a new revelation they hadn't heard of before, but they say, uh-uh, I want my old way with the new solution. You cannot bring your old ways of doing things, your old doctrines. And I'm talking about every kind of area, from praying to people, from doing ministry, everything. You can't bring your old doctrines and expect them to bring those new solutions. These new solutions are a new wine coming with new fresh revelation from the Holy Spirit. And by new, I mean the same thing. It's not like brand new. It's in the Acts Church revelation. Jesus in the Gospels revelation. But that has not been around for a while. So today's times, it's new. People never heard before. Amen. Okay, one more thing. Can I have the glasses real quick? Okay, so one last thing I want to share with you. Um, okay, so when we come, when, we, when we've been in church for a while, many times we've had a lot of wrong religious revelation. Okay, so this, this is representative right now of you in the spiritual realm this is you getting wrong religious revelation from ch churches. So the glass is becoming dirty. This is representing dirt. 
these are my snacks from the airplanes I found in my bag. I was like, how can I make water dirty? This worked. So, so imagine this is making it dirty. It is dirty. No one wants to drink that, okay? So, and then you have the angel of light speaking to you because of pride you've had and just you've been in the religious doctrine. So you, so you think you're hearing God, but it's, it's religious revelation. The angel of light is speaking to you about who God is, about how God works and everything. So here we go. This is in here now. Now we have words from other people who have religious revelation themselves. They have other issues, judgment, pride, jealousy. They have a lot of other things going on. But they've been speaking to you some things, some religious revelation as well. Okay. So now we have a dirty glass. Ew. Right? So we have this. This is symbol, symbolic of Christian, Christians. Maybe it's you today. In the spiritual realm, a lot of junk, a lot of religious junk, a lot of religious doctrine junk. Dirty. I mean, just so much that you think about God is not true. So much you think about what it means to be a vessel of God is not true. So many, so many of what you think of what sac real sacrifice to me to God is not true. In so many different areas, this is you. This might be you. So what people want is they come, they come to where the power of God is moving. They come ready to receive. I'm excited to receive that anointing. I'm excited to receive that impartation and walk in the power of God. Give it to me. Lay hands on me. They come like this. And they want God, through the vessel, to pour the pure, powerful, and precious anointing and all the revelation of how to receive the anointing and walk in the anointing and about the mysteries of the kingdom of God. They want that to be poured in them. It's still dirty. It, it can't work for this to clean the dirty, the dirty glass as it is. You have to do something about this dirty doctrine before you come to receive. You have to empty yourself out of all the wrong religious doctrine. So God can fill you. You gotta keep going. <laughs> you, you thought you got it all and God confounded you some more. Oh no. I, Oh, thanks, Chantal. You're smart. Chantal says, pour a little water in it. You're adorable, Chantal. Thank you. You're smart. I was really stuck. I was like, what am I going to do? I didn't bring a sponge. <laughs> yeah, Chantal. Yeah. Gold star for today. Woo. You're amazing. You really do everything, everything that's needed. That's amazing. Okay, by the way, when I'm talking about emptying out, what I mean by that is this. 
You need to empty yourself out, meaning you need to be real with yourself. If you've been a Christian for a while, if you've been in churches that don't carry the power of God and now you see the power of God moving, you gotta be real with yourself. There's some wrong religious doctrine in there. If people aren't preaching even that we should be casting out demons and healing the sick, baptism of the Holy Spirit, you already know there's religious wrong doctrine there. This is one of the major parts that means of being a Christian and being in a vessel of God. You gotta be real with yourself that you have wrong religious revelation, whether it's teachings you've received, whether it's what you believe God spoke to you in your spirit, and what you need to do is empty everything out in your hands and allow God to take what's not of him. Of course, there will be some things that are true. I'm not saying everything you've ever known and learned about God has been wrong and a lie. I'm not saying that. Of course, there's gonna be truth there that God will leave in your hand and put back in you but that you are humbling yourself to the extreme, to allowing God to confound you completely. Where let's say you have tons of stuff you take out and he takes out most of it. That's confounding and that takes humility. Even you've been teaching Bible's class, teaching, you've been a pastor, you've been teaching Bible school and you were wrong on a lot of things. You've got to humble yourself and allow God to confound you and take it all out and start from square one, that's okay. Be a child, that's the only way you will receive the anointing. So you gotta come humbly before God and be real with yourself that I might not have it all right. The right revelation of him and his word. And so now that you've, you've humbled yourself, you emptied out everything, now you're a child ready to receive. So if I teach something, some new revelation you haven't heard before, you're not all skeptical and weird with that junk inside of you. Oh, that doesn't sit right in my spirit because of all the dirt and crumbs and sun chips and chutties there and pretzels. But it's pure. So this new thing that your stomach has never had before, it's, there's pure in the stomach. And so you can just take it and receive it. And you'll be like, ooh, this is good. This is truth. And you'll see fruit from it. So now you can come here. You can come to the church. You can come with an empty cup. And now God can pour his pure anointing in you. And it will be pure. It will be pure inside of you. It will stay in you and you can release it to others. You can be a powerful, pure vessel of God to others. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So are you ready to humble yourselves? Um, the, the, the title of this message was the cost of the anointing. And I think a lot of people don't consider this a cost, but I consider this the biggest cost. You're giving up your ego completely. You're giving up your pride completely. You're, you're giving up who you knew as yourself. You're giving up this reputation of a Christian know-it-all or whatever. And you are continually humbling yourself. You are continually every day paying the price. I humble myself. There's so much I don't know. There's so much I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to make mistakes. I'm willing to be corrected every day, being that way, humbling yourself. This is a cost that most people don't want to pay. It doesn't seem like a big cost, but when people get down to it, they don't want to go there. They don't want to daily humble themselves. They don't want to be wrong. But this is the biggest part of receiving the anointing. The biggest part of the cost is this humility 
that you walk in, that you humble yourself and remain humble every day. Humble yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, for your precious anointing. Thank you, Jesus, for your true revelation. Thank you, Lord, for pouring out your pure, precious anointing upon your people. Thank you, Jesus, for opening up spiritual eyes, Jesus. Thank you for the beautiful conviction and correction that you give because you correct those who you love. Just say right now, Lord, I receive your correction. I give you permission to confound me. It's okay if I'm wrong. I give up my ego. I give up my pride. I just want to make you proud. I just want to be in your will. I just want to hear your pure voice. Nothing tainted. Nothing religious. Only you is what I want to hear. The real you. I surrender, God. Purify me. Humble me. I humble myself before you, Lord. Teach me. Teach me new things. I give you permission to give me new revelation. Amen.